Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Thank you so much. Good evening, PowerPoint Tribe. Can you hear me this evening? Loud and clear, can you hear me? Good evening. I confirm that you can hear me. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Pink. Thank you, everyone. Such an amazing time I have been having for the last 40 minutes. <laughs> Listening to Pastor, my spirit is so charged. I don't know how many of you joined Pastor's session going on right now. I was tempted to just, you know, continue and, for, and leave you guys. <laughs> you just asked me, ah, where's Pastor Peace? I said, ah, I'm listening to Pastor. <laughs> well, yeah, good to be here tonight. I'm excited to be here. My spirit is so charged, I'm telling you. And I'm just so excited to be bringing God's word to you tonight. And uh, I know we've had a very busy week. I'm sure you're doing well. And that uh, we're set to have a refreshing time in God's presence tonight. Um. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to just continue that someone. That someone really blessed my heart. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. Powerful, powerful. I want to admonish you, admonish us to go back and listen into that sermon. Some of the things that Pastor has been sharing with us, uh, that's what he's preaching about, but in a different dimension. I can tell you, I can tell you in a different dimension entirely. So you should, you should listen in. You should listen in. All right, let's say a quick word of prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you this evening for another time in your word, in your presence. We thank you for your people that have gathered beside your word. We thank you for the refreshing time we are set to have. Thank you for the wisdom you have given to me to bring God's word to your people today. Thank you because lives will be transformed, lives will be delivered, will be liberated. There's going to be clarity. There's going to be illumination. There's going to be inspiration in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen and amen and amen in the chat room? Can you say amen and amen and amen? Woo, glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Woo! So it's the 25th installment of the excellent spirit. Uh, many times whenever a pastor tells us, look, you're the one bringing uh, the, uh, the word uh, this Thursday, I just, I shut that inside me because I say, what else can we teach about Daniel? <laughs> what else can we teach? Where, where, what else can be taught? Because really, 25. You have um, Daniel, the entire book of Daniel is just 11 or 12, 12. So what more, what more can we say about Daniel? But you can trust the Holy Spirit, uh, the latitude of the Holy Spirit. You can't exhaust God. You can't exhaust God. You are not studying a man. You are studying, you are studying a God. <laughs> and there's no end in God. You are studying God himself. Okay, so it's beyond the pages of the 12 chapters of, of Daniel. There's so much that can be unpacked. There's so much that God keeps showing us. And I just want to celebrate all the pastors so far that has brought uh, us God's word in this series. So much light, so much understanding, so much wisdom. I was really blessed by last week's session also by Director um, Nonso on the subject matter of, of intercession. Uh, that's something that God has been teaching me. I remember sharing with him on Sunday as well. Uh, uh, you should share me his notes. Director, I've not seen your notes, so, so please share with me after, after today. Uh, it's something that I'm really, really keen on in terms of praying, not just for our needs. So when God meets all of those needs, what do you then begin to pray for? So God wants to, God wants us to pray the right prayers, okay? To pray the right prayers. So thank you so much, Sir Director, for that, for that fabulous and fantastic word. And of course, our set man right now is, is preaching his heart out. I mean, the conference is so powerful. The sermon right now is getting really hot. It's towards, towards the tail end. I'm sure it's wrapping up now. We just celebrate the ministry of um, Pastor Daniel Gutunde. Such a man, such a man, such an excellent man, really. Gives his entire being to, 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 to. When he's preaching, you know that ah, all of his energy spent, spent just giving it out. So we celebrate you. He's not here, of course, now. Uh, but we celebrate Pastor Daniel Absentia. And, of course, all our pastors, Pastor Inka, adorable Pastor Inka. <laughs> and, of course, Pastor Itoro. Cerebral Pastor <laughs> We have such incredible uh, team of pastors in the house, and I'm so glad to be part of the team. So tonight, um, the road is spread before us. We're on a journey tonight. I want to stop by 9 p.m., so just be interceding for me, okay? I don't want to go beyond 9 p.m., but there's so much I want to share, okay? I, I won't limit the Holy Spirit. I will just share, but there's so much God has dropped in my spirit there's a thought I have been ruminating on for the past three weeks, 
I've been thinking about this. I've just been thinking about it as, 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 as it relates to my life, as it relates to my ministry, as it relates to my marriage, as, as it relates to my career. And I've just been meditating on this particular concept. And I've just been thinking about it, looking at scriptures, reflecting on stories in scripture. And pastor just said, oh, you are preaching this stories. Okay, fantastic. Let, let, let me share this word again. So I had time to concretize it and just uh, put it together today. And I said, okay, let me share from the little that the Holy Spirit has shown me. And I trust that you'll be blessed from this. Okay, still related to the subject matter of, of the excellent spirit. Permit me to start from Daniel 11. Daniel 11, 32. Daniel 11, 32. The last time I thought, I thought about the fact that knowledge is key. Okay. And that uh, from 1 Peter, 1 Peter talks about you have given us the uh, exceeding great and precious promises through, through which we, uh, we are translated into uh, eternal realms. Let me just read that right so that... Uh, I want to situate a thought there before I move on tonight. First Peter, or rather Second Peter chapter 1. Glory be to God. Verse 4, whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. And I established the last time that there's a lot of corruption in this world that is sponsored by lust. Okay, and those are the things that will prevent you from entering into the exceeding and great, great promises of God. Uh, that will make you become a particular divine nature. And I, I explained loss in different forms, how it manifests and how the enemy is ensuring that loss is pervasive in the world towards ensuring that men do not enter into that divine nature, that divinity, okay? And so I explained that, look, how you break through from loss is by the knowledge, okay? In chapter 3 of Second Peter, you see there how you break through, break through from loss, from the corruption that is pervasive in this world is through the knowledge, knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And here we see in Daniel, Daniel 11 is saying, and such as do wickedly, Daniel 11, 32, writing on the subject matter of, of knowledge now, and such as do wickedly against the covenant, shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. It's an exploit night tonight. It's an exploit night. Uh, is anybody that is gearing up to make exploits? It's not too late in the year to make exploits. Have you have you been worried, uh, depressed, sad, unhappy that, oh, 2022 is coming to an end. It's November already. I have not achieved a particular goal, a milestone that I set for myself at the beginning of the year. Do not worry. This is an exploit night. Start your neighbor and say, exploit, exploit. I'm bound to make exploits. They that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. You are set for exploits. After tonight's sermon, you are set for exploits. Whenever the word of God comes to you in power, in raw dimension, as we've been receiving in the PowerPoint tribe for the last several weeks, Sundays, Wednesdays, Church on the Move, we receive powerful teachings. The knowledge of God is coming to you. You are set for exploits. Do it that did I know their God? Do you know your God? Do you know your God? As long as you can answer yes to that question, then you are set for exploits. That's what God was saying. Okay? Do know their God shall be strong. Okay? As you are receiving God's word right now, strength is coming to your spirit. As you are receiving God's word right now, illumination, light, capacity is coming to your spirit. That's strength. And they that know their God shall be what shall be strong and do exploit. So anytime you have the privilege of listening to God's word, know that it is time for exploit. God's word is not something that will just make you sit down. Okay, God, God's word makes you makes you ensure that what you are rotting exploits on the earth. And that's why when we talk about the excellent spirit, you have to understand that it is not just a, a, a statutory, it's not something that just makes you sit down, okay? It's not a spirit that will just sedentary, okay, in that, in that sense, okay? An excellent spirit is a spirit of exploits. Ah, look at Daniel, look at David, look at Joseph. Those guys wrote exploits. God wants us to write exploits because they knew God. And that's what you are getting. Anytime you attend, come, look at everyone here, we're 62 people in this room. That is amazing. On a Thursday evening, you are here hearing God's word. You are bound for exploits. No, nothing can stop you because you are you are consciously investing in the knowledge of God. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. That's just for an introduction. Now let's get into God's word. I'm starting this evening from the book of Ecclesiastes. Okay, turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is not a popular verse of scripture um, or chapter of a uh, book of the Bible. Ecclesiastes. <laughs> people, some people struggle to pronounce that. Sometimes it can be a tongue twister. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. I'll be reading from verse 11. Ecclesiastes 9:11. I uh, hope Sim, you can help me with that as well. KJV, my favorite translation of the book of the Bible. So just 
uh, the translation there, the version rather is KJV. Ecclesiastes 9.11, I start reading. It says, I returned and saw under the sun whoosh, that the race is not to be swift, the battle is not to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. I read one more time. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name and amen and amen. Now, this particular verse of scripture is so powerful. <laughs> powerful. And that's where I want to uh, unpack my thoughts tonight from. I want to pack or unpack a lot of thoughts from here tonight. Now, this verse of scripture begins to show us five systems of advantage that we have on the earth. If you want to be successful in this world, in the in the eye of the world, in the metrics that how in terms of how the world measures progress and advancement, okay, there are five systems of advantage. If you can take advantage of any of these five systems, any, you are bound for exploits. That's what it, that's what this scripture is saying. That's in the perspective of the world, okay. And this scripture or this verse doesn't just show you those systems of advantage. It tells you how to unlock them. So they are in this scripture that I'm, we're just, we just finished reading now, you have five systems of advantage. And scripture also gives you exactly how to unlock them. The first system of advantage you have is, of course, it's called race. Okay, race. And of course, being swift is required in every race. So the first thing it tells you here that life is a race. Life is a race that you must run. Okay, you, God has brought you into this world because... Uh, there's a race that he has placed you on to run. And many unbelievers even know this. Life is a race. And that's why we tell you in Hebrews, lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset you. Okay? So that you can run with patience because life is a race. If you're not running the race of life and he tells you what you need, what do you need in the race of life? You need to be swift. To be swift. In this race of life, you need to be swift. And that's why when you see some people in their 20s, early 20s, early 30s, they are cashing out, they are billionaires, they are captains of industries, they are CEOs, they are bank chiefs. 25, 29, 31, they run very fast. Swift, okay, very swift. So being swift, okay, is actually a system of advantage, okay? You need it for the race, okay? So the system of advantage there is actually swift, being swift. You need swiftness for the race, okay? Now, the second system of advantage you have is what is called strength strength so life is a battle and you need what strength in this battle and that's why he tells you that look if you faint in the day of adversity then your strength is small because god knows that look life is a battle you can't come in this world and do it delinquent christian life is a battle it's a battlefield you go to work, you come to Nigeria, battle, anywhere. Jack go to the U.S., go to Canada. It's a battle and you need strength. You need strength. So life is a what? It's a race. You need to be swift. Life is a battle. You need to be strong. Okay? Another system or advantage you have is what is called wisdom. Wisdom. So the first one is actually swift, being swift, swiftness, swiftness. The second one is strength. The third one is wisdom. In this world, you need bread. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to survive, you need bread. I mean, bread there can connote a lot of things. Can be food. It can be anything that advances that makes you uh, survive, as it were. And so, Scripture is saying here that you need wisdom. That if you want to, if you want bread, if you want access to bread, you need wisdom. And that's why it keeps telling you, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom. You know, like getting get understanding which is the number four thing, system of advantage. Number four system of advantage you need is understanding. Understanding is also a system of advantage. 
So all through Proverbs, you see wisdom always followed by, always followed by understanding. Wisdom, understanding. Wisdom, understanding. So if you want riches, so riches is tied to understanding. So if you see somebody who is rich, they have understanding. If you see somebody who, who has a bread, they are wise. If you see somebody who is winning battles, they are strong, mentally strong, physically strong. If you see somebody who, who is winning races, they are swift. Who's in both? They are swift. So number one here is being swift. Number two is being strong. Number three is being wise. Number four is having understanding. So get understanding. Scripture will tell you get understanding, get wisdom. You know what I get? Get understanding, get wisdom. Anytime you see wisdom, you see understanding because it's a system of, of, of advantage. If you have these four things, I mean, you, you just realize that you are fast, you are winning battles, you have bread on your table, you have riches, you have wealth, okay? And then this last one, a very interesting one. This last one is called skill. Skill is a system of advantage. Skill is a system of advantage. And the advantage it gives you what is favor, favor, okay, favor. So if you find somebody who is so skillful, favor, favor is nearby. Favor is nearby. That's why you see somebody who is so skillful. They have a lot of skill. They have this skill. They have this skill here. They are talented. They can do multiple things. Favor is somewhere. So let me let me reiterate. Let me recap quickly. Two hopes you have to correct this. Number one is not the race. It's actually being swift. Okay. Swiftness, being swift. So swiftness is number one. Five systems of advantage. Number one is swiftness. Number two is strength. Number three is wisdom. Number four is understanding. Number five is skill. And this number five is where I want to zero in on tonight. Because it's, it's, there's somebody's mic that is on. Can you mute yourself? Kindly mute yourself. Uh, who is that? Okay, I think we're good now. Any other person there? Okay, Brown, Brown, can you meet yourself? Brownie, thank you. Systems of advantage. These five systems of advantage are, 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 are systems that can be leveraged by literally anybody. Literally anybody. You don't have to be a believer to leverage these systems of advantage. You can be an unbeliever, you can be a Christian, you can be a Muslim, you can be Hindu, you can be Buddhist. The world recognizes it. The world responds to it. The world, if you are swift, you win the race. If you are strong, of course, you win battles. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's established. If you are wise, uh -uh, you have bread on your table. If you have understanding, uh -uh, riches is not far from you now. You have understanding, you know how to maneuver. And then if you have skill, this skill thing is even very powerful. Because right now we are, we are in a skill-dominated world. A skill-dominated world. Everywhere you hear skill, anything is more than 21st century skills, hard skills, soft skills. I also teach soft skills. I've been teaching it for over seven years. I've trained 10,000 people, over 10,000 people on soft skills. So I know it's a skill-centered world. It's a skill-oriented world. Okay? It's a skill-dominated world. Everywhere you turn around, you say, ah, 21st century skills, industrial evolution. You know you have to level, you have to have some skills in this industrial revolution that we're in. You have to talk about leadership skills. A lot of people ah, talk about skills gaps. Okay, you want to, there's a gap in skill. Your employer is trying to recruit somebody. Ah, there's a gap in, there's a skills gap. That is how we can't employ this person. Skill, skill. Because the more skills you have, the more favor you can, you can command. Okay? And that's one of the most used words in this generation. Any conference, you just see skill. Hey, in school, I mean skill. You are developing the skill. You are upskilling. You are reskilling. You are all kinds of terminologies. Because people recognize that skill is important in the scheme of things. It's one of the systems of advantage that anybody has. You have access to favor. Things will just people will just like you. Ah, people will just ah, okay. Ah, I like, like this guy is so skillful. And that's what got Joseph into uh, the presence of Pharaoh. That's what got him there. Skill that nobody had. It wasn't because, of course. I mean, yeah, many other people had all kinds of skill, but he had a unique skill. Skill will command. That's what commands you to stand before kings and not before me men. Skill. Skills are very important. Okay. Now, like I said, unbelievers can leverage this. You don't have to be a Christian to leverage these five systems. And it tells you how to, what they bring, okay? Once again, swiftness brings, makes you to win the race. Strength makes you to win the battle. Wisdom gives you bread. Understanding gives you riches. Skill commands, brings you favor, okay? But you know, no matter how many skills you have, okay? No matter how many skills and the, the quality of the skills you have, the evaluation... 
the evaluation based on this scripture is there in Ecclesiastes 9. I will show it shortly. But before I show it, I want to show you a young man in scripture that we've been learning for the past 25 weeks that had all of these elements. Okay, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Daniel. Let's go to Daniel chapter 1. Okay, Daniel chapter 1. My teaching has just started now. Daniel 1. Remember all these five systems of advantage you can leverage. You don't have to be born again. And this is what the world is doing. You see all these people that don't, they don't have, they don't pray in tongues, they don't fast, but they know what it means to be swift. Uh -uh. They, some of, uh, they act fast. They are strong mentally, not just physical strength now. They are wise. They have studied books. They have uh, uh, understanding skill. Okay, so these things don't, they don't, uh, uh, they, they are trusted. As long as this world is concerned, as long as we're in the realm of the universe here that we are in, these five things will always deliver. That's what it says. And Daniel had this. Well, be even beyond Daniel, let's see what all these other children had it. Look at Daniel 1. Daniel 1 verse 4. Let's start from verse 3. Daniel 1 3. Daniel 1 3. And the king spake unto Hashpena. So they had brought them from, from Israel as, as, as uh, refugees, if I, if I may use that term. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of, of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. Do you see that? Verse 4 is where I'm going to. Children, underline that word children, because by the time Daniel came, this story of Daniel, he was only 9 or 11, at most 11 years. That was how old he was here. That's what historians would say. He said, bring me children in whom was no blemish, well-favored, and skillful in all wisdom, cunning in all knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, whom they might teach the learning and the tongues of the Chaldeans. Did you see that? That's a combination of a lot of things. Remember the scripture I read in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11. Okay, first system of advantage is what is swiftness. Swiftness there speaks to achieving things early. You just have this potential, you just by something that your, your your people at 40, 50, that's when they achieve it. By 20, you have achieved it. Young people doing crazy things, doing have access to crazy wealth, managing amazing businesses, doing fabulous stuff, and people are what at this age. That's children there. That's what it says in children. Give me children. They don't have, they are not old people that young people they have they have that they have that capacity to do a lot of things. And young people, in whom is no blemish, well favored. You see favor there, skillful, you see skill there in all wisdom. So the people that are being referred to here is not Daniel alone. The people being referred to here is not Daniel alone. This is where all the people, all the guys that they were selected. So Daniel was part of them. It could be as many as 10, 20, 50. We don't know how many there were. Of course, the three Hebrew children were also there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel inclusive, but all kinds of guys, they were part of this, this selection. Whom there was no blemish, they had, they were swift, they were young people. They had mental capacity, they were strong, wisdom, understanding, skill. So these guys had these five things. That's where they were chosen. So if you want to be chosen, you want to be selected, you have to have any of these five things. I'm not even talking Bible yet now. Beyond Bible, these five things you are you, you have to be demonstrating them in some shape or form. In one way or the other, you have to be swift. In one way or the other, you have to be strong mentally, physically, your strength. In one way or the other, you have to be wise. Beyond reading your Bible, you have to be wise. Know things about street knowledge, no read books, no stuff. Understanding, do you understanding? Have understanding about things, about the world, be able to communicate and be able to address situations, have leadership skill. Talking about skills now, have soft skills, have a particular skill. Skill is connected to value. What are you bringing to the table in that workplace? That's something that is important in this world. A lot of people think, oh, it's just Bible reading. Let me just read my praying in tongues. You have to have some systems of advantage. These are the things that the world is leveraging on, okay? The children of this world, even Jesus said it, they are more industrious, they are wiser, they are smarter than the children of light because who is just Bible, Bible, Bible? I'm sure. We in the PowerPoint tribe are not like that. Beyond just listening to sermons every week, every Sunday, every Thursday, reading uh, amazing articles on Monday, on, on push buttons, beyond all of that, you know you have skill. What can you, if, 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 we, if we interview you now, do you have a skill? Eh, what hard skills do you have? Do you have emotional intelligence? Do you have leadership skill? 
what understanding of if I tell you about, tell me about what you do. What understanding do you have? Wisdom, what wisdom? So if, if I if, if I call you now, you say, ah, I lack, I don't have bread. I don't have bread. Ah, I don't have bread. The first thing I will ask, do you have wisdom? Because if you have wisdom, there's no, you don't have any cause to not have bread. You don't have any cause. If you are saying, I don't have money, I don't have money, I'm not worthy. Do you have understanding? What can you bring? Let's before you even, because God will ask us these things too. It's in scripture. These are systems of advantage that God placed on the earth for humanity, for mankind to take advantage of. And you go and stand before that, that boss that is interviewing you. Nobody will ask you, oh, how many, how many hours of tongues did you pray today? Ah, okay, means you can do this job. No, you are checking your CV. Where do you see CV in the Bible? There's no CV. People use practical things to advance people in the world. The, the practical things, your skill level, how many years of experience do you have? What's the quality of education you have? What did you study in school? What have you done in the last 10 years, five years, three years? You're acquiring skill. You're acquiring wisdom in that job as you're doing it consistently. And so sometimes God puts you under pressure and says, stay on this job because I want you to acquire wisdom on this job. They're not paying you a lot, but acquire wisdom because the next thing you're going to do will require you to have some level of wisdom, some level of understanding in people management, in leadership. Acquire skills that, oh, you can, oh, you can edit videos, you can have this system, one of the systems of advantage, and then develop strength mentally. Those are the things that the people of the, this world, they are using to scale, to move. Wow, people, we are stuck on Bible. Many, many Christians, the Bible, reading, praying in tongues, no practical skill. That's not our portion in Jesus' name. Now, in spite of how powerful these five systems of advantage in spite of how powerful they are in spite of how amazing they are in spite of how uh i mean how how intriguing how easy it can cash you out can make you get things access in spite of what it, uh, how uh, how blessed you can be if you can leverage any of these five uh systems of advantage in spite of how, how they are look at what ecclesiastes says of them it says I returned and saw not the sun. <laughs> Even though, given all situations, given all things being equal, let me put it that way, all things being equal, the race is to the swift. But it says, not always. All things being equal, the battle is to the strong. It says, but not always. It says, all things being equal, the bread is to the wise. But not always. He says, all things being equal. Riches is to men of understanding. But not always. He says, all things being equal. Favor is to men of skill. All things being equal. But not always. Why? And that's why, you know, sometimes in some countries you go, underdeveloping countries, Nigeria people are running away. Because you can't have skill, you can't have skill, tire. <laughs> Time and chance will happen to them all. Oh. Hey, you say time and chance. Say Nigeria will happen to somebody. Time and chance. The vicissitudes of life. If Nigeria happens to some people, if Lagos happens to some people, or you can have certificate, no matter how brilliant, smart, you have some people that are so, so skillful, they have not been employed for 10 years. Some people have, they are so wise. So they have so much understanding, so swift. Ah, they are excellent in understanding. They've amassed degrees like at the moment. <laughs> But, you know, no advancement in life. No bread. They are still lacking bread. I mean, people, that they, they are strong, youthful energy, exuberant energy, brilliant, sharp, smart, but they are failing in the battles of life. Understanding, they've read all kinds of books in the library. They've been tutored, got, got, done a lot of courses online, been mentored by some of the best people. They have practical skills, but still, no favor. No nobody's looking at it because that's what Ecclesiastes is saying here. Favor is not to men of skill. These things are systems of advantage on the earth, but they do not always work. <laughs> and that's where I'm going to tonight. This was what Daniel knew. This was what Daniel knew. Daniel knew that, granted, these systems of advantage, of course, I love them. They will work. They are excellent. I need to have them. I need to possess them. Do not abandon the pursuit of God at the detriment of developing these five systems of advantage. Those are, I'm just going to be following. No, you develop each of these things, practical things. So Daniel knew this. And that's why if you look at Daniel 1.17, by the time they got the food and said, look, I don't want, just give us this simple nourishment. Give us this simple, this is what we're going to be eating for 10 days. Daniel 1.17, he said, as for these four children, 
God himself now gave them knowledge, skill in all learning and wisdom. Those ones, they are dependence on something on the outward, swiftness on the outward, strength on the outward, on the, in the world, wisdom on the outward, understanding outward, skill outward. But Daniel knew that beyond all of the things I've acquired from books, from going to the best school, from going to the, acquiring the best degrees, that, look, there's something else that I must add. If I don't add this thing to it, these things will fail me. These things will fail me, no matter how skillful I am. So, so by the time Daniel knew this, I said, look, this is based on what I know about God, about God I serve, my relationship with God. God, I said, look, Forget swiftness, forget strength, forget wisdom. I have something superior. And that became manifested in Daniel 170. And that's why you will always see Daniel always acing, always being ahead of the curve, always excelling, always being selected, always being the top of the class, always being number one, always being the best. That is what God wants. If you're in any office, you should be the best staff in that office. Because all of the other people... If they are unbelievers, they don't believe God, they are just leveraging these five systems of advantage. But you have more. You have more. These five systems, they are excellent. People can be left, you can have the best CV, package it together, but it should not end there. Daniel knew this. And that's why if you read Daniel, um, where is that now? Daniel chapter 1, or rather chapter 6, verse 3. Daniel 6, 3. He said, this Daniel was preferred above the president and princes because an excellent spirit was in him that was what he had and the king thought to set him over the whole realm do you see that so beyond all these five systems daniel knew that look if i want to be preferred if i want to stand out if i want to excel if i want to be if i want to be distinguished in this role if i want to if i want my name to be the the name that will be reckoned with in this realm if i want the king to single me out for favor for advancement because guess what this is what happens because right now there's a lot of information out there on social media on the net internet you can go there you can and there's a lot of access to knowledge there's a lot of access to knowledge. We, we, we are living right now in the advanced information age. Advanced. Back then we used to say information age, information age. Now it's advanced information age. You have access to all kinds of knowledge. You can be wise from your house, just sitting down. You have not gone through the forms of a classroom. You can acquire courses, acquire degrees. So, for example, you, are, you now apply for a job. And all of you have at the, you are the same level of, you know, of, 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 of experience, uh, you have your CV, this you've done 10 years of you have 10 years of experience. This one too has 10 years of experience now. You have done this, done that. This one too has done this, done that. All of you are on the same kid that you are on the same kid that that's what Daniel was. Same kid that everything. No, 10 years. I've done 10 years. You have done, you have done built. I've done that as well. I've led five teams. I've led five teams too. So if you if you now present the CVs of all these 10 people in front of a decision maker, in front of a boss, if you want to see a manager to choose and select. What do you need to be speaking for you there? Is it your CV that should be speaking for you? Or something superior? Because look, skills can be the same. You can equalize skill or you can equalize it. Skills can be equalized. But what will give you an, a step ahead, make you be a step ahead of the curve, is the excellent spirit. And that excellent spirit is what I have termed the anointing. The anointing. Ah. When God showed me this, I was so, I mean, this is what I've been ruminating on for the last three weeks. The anointing, leveraging the power of the anointing in a skill-centered world. What will make me stand out in a world where there are so many voices? Ah, ah, so many voices and they are talented, my God. They are gifted. They have things to say. They are smart. What will make my, 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 my voice to be heard? What will make me to, to come out and, and be known and be recognized and be singled out for favor, for bread? What will cause me to win battles even where everybody is strong, we are equally strong? What will cause me to win that race even though everybody is swift? What will cause me to have favor even though everybody is skillful? What will cause me? It's the anointing. The excellent spirit is the anointing. And so... Let me define what the anointing is. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John. Time is running very quickly. 1 John 2.27. The anointing. 
1 John 2.27, I just want this is what this scripture describes the anointing in the way I want it to be described. I think it just best captures what it is, is, is what, what it means. First John 2:27. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you what of all things, and it's truth, and it's no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide, you shall abide in him. Verse 20, if you go back from verses, it says, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you do what you know all things. You, you can't have, you, no matter how skillful you are, you can't know all things. <laughs> no matter how skillful you are, you can't know all things. You can bag all the degrees, all the, no matter, you can't know all things. Sir. You can't know all things. But if you have the anointing, you can know all things. That's a promise. You, no matter how skillful you have acquired skills on 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 all those course platforms, Coursera, all of them, gone on Google. You have taken certifications. You have gone to master's degree, PhD degree. You have backed them all together. You can't know all things, man. You can't know all things, sir. No matter all the certifications, degree, I know. But the anointing, you have an auction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Why do you think they came to Daniel? All of the magicians, astrologers, all of them, nobody could interpret the dream. It was the anointing that, that came up there that solved it. Skills would fail. Skills would fail, but the anointing never fails. Why do you think they came to him? Ah, this one, come and solve this. That was what Joseph also leveraged. People come and nobody could solve the problem. But if you have the anointing, the anointing never fails. The anointing always has a solution. The anointing always has a solution. The excellent spirit is the anointing. If you have the anointing in a skill-dominated world, in a skill-oriented world, this was how Daniel functioned. You will always be scaling the charts. You will always be delivering. They give you targets, you exceed it, you excel, you go beyond it because you are not dependent on your skill again. You have social media, you leverage, you are, no matter how skillful you are as a social media manager, no matter how skillful you are telling you to sell land, sell house, they give you targets. But you see how the market is difficult. What can I do? You have the anointing, sir. You have the anointing. People are limited. You can't, let's, skill will tell you, let's consult, let's have clients, let's have meetings. Those things are good. They are great, but they're not enough. Somebody who has the anointing will do more. God is counting on you to leverage the anointing beyond your skill beyond skills if you want to title this teaching you can say beyond skills or the anointed skill <laughs> i think that's, that's a better one so the title of my teaching tonight is the anointed skill god wants you to have skills no doubt but can you make your skills to be anointed that, that was what this guy knew daniel this guy, his, his skills were anointed. It's not enough to have skills in this world. Look, everybody has skills. Everybody has skills. Everybody is skillful in one way or the other. But if your skills are anointed, boy, you will do stuff. You will do stuff. The next few minutes, I'm going to be telling you a few differences between skills and anointing. Skill and anointing. Just jot this down for the sake of time. I'm going to run over this quickly. Number one difference. Skills. I'm talking about the word skills now because God can, God can anoint you with skill. Now, skills are sourced in the world. Source, the source of skill is the world. So we talk about books, talk about universities, talk about research centers, talk about labs, schools, libraries, lecture theaters. That's where school the skill is originated. That's where it originates from. That's where you acquire skills. Lecture theaters, all of those places you go to hall, you, you, you computer online, internet. That's where you get skill. You get a lot of skill there. So skills are sourced from the world, but the anointing is sourced from the word. Skills are sourced from the world, but anointing is sourced. You have the anointing. It's, it's in the word, the word, the word. Okay? So the anointing is in the word. Skills are in the world. Number two, skills can fail. I mentioned this earlier. Skills can fail, but the anointing never disappoints. Skills can fail. No matter how skillful you are, you can just forget one terminology in that exam. <laughs> it has happened to me before. You can, you, you have gone to library. You, you have read, studied hard. Read, ah, hey. Back then in school, at the beginning of the term, I'll go to the library. Don't do this, so it's wrong. Oh. <laughs> but that's what I used to do. I'll go to the library and pack all the books any 20 
Pack all the books related to my 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 course and go and hide it somewhere in the library. <laughs> I'm exposing myself to. I go and hide it somewhere in the library so that nobody has access to it. I'll keep it. I'll hide it. So all through the semester, I'll be going there to study. Nobody. So you can. I'm, I will read. I, I used to. I'm a bookworm. Let me just confess. I'm, I read a lot. Back then, it's library. If a life twenty four seven, I used to read so much. So I'll pack all the books, hide them in a corner. And throughout the semester, I'll be reading anything on poetry. I'll, I'll read. So my goal was to anything that had to do with the course, I will, I must read it before I enter into that exam hall. So I'm entering into the exam hall with so much confidence that major day anywhere I will nail it. I would I will deliver. Of course, sometimes you forget. No matter how skillful you are, you just forget one line. And if you forget that line, everything you have forgotten. But boy, if you are anointed, whoosh, you can rely on the anointing to remind you, sir. You can on that presentation. You are making presentation, just pray in tongues. I said, Holy Spirit, remind me because it teaches you all things. You have an unction from the Holy One, and it teaches you all things. You, are, you know all things. The anointing never disappoints. The anointing never fails. Skills can fail you. Number three, skills are limited. Skills are limited, but the anointing is borderless wireless and motionless <laughs> i don't know if you remember that teaching from pastor skills are limited you can you look you can you you can't know everything when it comes to skill you can't say ah even if you study leadership for 100 years you can't you can't know all there is to know about leadership but if you have the anointing you know everything you need to know for that moment to solve that challenge to solve that problem leadership is contextual but the anointing is not contextual it's anywhere anywhere the anointing functions even in a, in a field that is not totally connected, you don't have to have studied it. You still know it. But skill is limited to what you have studied. It's limited to your experience, what you have studied, a course you have studied, a book you've read. If you've not read it, skill will fail you there. But the anointing, you can just pray to us. The thoughts will just come. You just strike your heart. That was what Joseph did to interpret the dream. That was what Daniel did. This is the advantage we have beyond skills. <laughs> when God anoints your skill, ah, ah. You can't forget stuff. So skills are finite. And the anointing is infinite. That's still connected to point three. Point four, the skills, rather, skills will consult your experiences, your background, and your history to provide a solution. The anointing does not need that. <laughs> skills, will you consult your experience. You will go through all the books in the... Ah, all the things, all the, if you're a doctor now, all the search you've conducted, all the books you study, all your years of medical school. Ah, if you're a lawyer now, you go through all the years of, ah, okay, this is what I studied, all your year of law school, one year in law school, I ah, consult everything. All the books you studied, how do I address this case? What do I say? But the anointing does not, he just relies on the Holy Ghost. The anointing just consults with the Holy Ghost. The skills will have to consult books, consult this one. Look at Daniel. Just consult the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the answer to the dream, the solution, the, the, the explanation to the dream of, of Nebuchadnezzar is not in a book. <laughs> the, so, the solution, the dream is not in a book. You can't find it in a book. You can't find it in, a, in the, on, the, on the shelves of a library. The solution, the answer to the dream, interpretation of that dream is in the Holy Ghost. That is it. So skills will consult your experiences, consult your background, consult different places. If if skills or it doesn't if he doesn't find it in any of those places, then to fail. You say, look, I don't have access to this thing. There's nothing. I don't have answer, so I can't deliver. But if you say anointing, anointing will just bring it up for, for me. That's why it tells you, Job, Job thirty-two. There's a spirit in man. The inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding, gives him wisdom, powers him from the inside. Job was arguing with his friends, talking back and forth. Nobody, nobody gave concrete response. Nobody gave concrete reply. I said, look, there's a spirit in man. There's something you have on the inside of you. That's the excellence, but that's the anointing that rises. You have an unction from, the, from your inside. It teaches you all things. Point five. Skills wear away with time. <laughs> they wear away with time. If you don't, I mean, Ronaldo living for five years, he doesn't practice. <laughs> Just realize that it's Brazil, Lano, come Brazil, Lano, skills, they wear away with time. Okay. But what did God say about the anointing? That's what it captures in Second, in second Corinthians. Why we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are, which are not seen. But the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are, interior, are eternal. From verse 16, rather, for which cause we fail not. For though our outward man perish, that skill, outward man perish, but the inward man is renewed day by day. So skills will perish. But the inward man, that is the anointing, renewed. It gets better with time. So point five is 
skills, the wear off. After a while, just like, ah, when you turn your 35-36 now, you that's the goal now. Look at some one player we know now. His name starts with Christy R. Uh, I'm sure you know already. You know, skills, if you the anointing, whether you are 40, you anoint somebody who's anointed. What that that's how Elijah could run, outrun a chariot, outrun, he outrun a chariot. Skill was a chariot. But anointing upon a prophet outran a chariot. So you can tell when you have the anointing, you are you are thrown stuff. You are thrown people. You are thrown situation. You are thrown when the anointing hits you. God can literally do anything with your life. How do you fan the flames of the anointing? Which is how I'm going to end tonight. How do you fan the flames of the anointing? Because knowing how important it is to leverage the anointing, this is this is the advantage you have. You have to ensure that your skills are not just skills. Eh? There's more to you than just that skill you have acquired. There's more to you. There's more you can you can weaponize your skill. Hey, Qatar. When God weaponizes your skill, that's the anointing there. That's the anointed, the anointed skill. You go into that workplace, you speak your, your presentation. That's why you bring somebody who has prayed in tongues for six hours before saying anything. Compared to somebody who just came and said it. Ha <laughs> There's going to be difference <laughs> because one is powered by the anointing. One is just empty words, mere words. Of course, you prepare. Not that you just pray in tongues and just go and present. No, you still prepare and read and study, but you still pray in tongues. You stir up the anointing, stir up the gift of God in you. You make that presentation. You make that pitch. That is the anointing. You let you power. You superimpose the anointing upon that skill so that your skills are there, but you need to put the anointing on it. How do you find the flames of the anointing? Eight minutes to go. Wow. Because why we are saying all of this is because time and chance. There's time and chance in this world, though. Time there, of course, it talks about the fact that things as as the year evolves, the years coming to an end, people are getting tired. And, you know, the young men will utterly fall. They that but they that wait on the Lord renew their strength. That's telling you that time will always people will get tired as the year runs out, as the year comes, another year comes in time. Then chance, one chance. <laughs> things happen. Anything can happen. All of those things, all those systems of anointing you have, they will fail. That's why you need the anointing. The anointing can, it never fails you. So how do you find the flames of the anointing? Number one, you find the flames of the anointing by koinonia. 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 Some of us are familiar with that term. It means fellowship. Fellowship. Koinonia is fellowship. It means communion. Communion. Fanning the flames of the anointing. You do that, number one, by communion. Because that's where you download realities from the realm of the spirit. Somebody asked me recently when I was doing a training on time management. And I mentioned how it is important that you also learn how to manage your time by leveraging your faith. Your faith. So I made it clear there that, look, you have to leverage your faith. God knows how to compress time, how to maximize time, how to utilize time, how to optimize time. So leverage your faith. Pray in tongues. Pray in the understand. Pray, pray. Read your Bible. Meditate. Be inspired. And so somebody asks me, so do I do, I do that every day? Must I be every day? I say, as long as you need it, as, as many times as you need it, you use it. If something is working for you, won't you use it every day? So when you know that something is working for you, when you know that something, you need something that, you know this thing works, won't you do it every day? Of course, you don't make a religion out of it and say, oh, you must pray every day, read your Bible, pray every day. You do that because you want to grow. You want to learn more about God. You want to grow in the knowledge of the things of God. Sometimes I don't pray in a, in a particular day, but there should be a continuous conversation with the Spirit. Because fellowship, that's where you download realities. When, when your senses, when they fail you, then you switch into the realm of the Spirit. Koinonia, that's where now, even on the bus, on the street, you're just meditating on the Scripture. Today I went somewhere and I was about to do something and I just had one line. I said, let me just check the scripture, Isaiah 45. I went there, I checked. I just checked, okay, I just had that one line from a particular verse. I just had, I just, I was just muttering it in my head, muttering it, I was about to make the presentation, muttering it again, muttering, mm, okay, and it went well. So anything that affects your koinonia will affect your anointing. Anything, whatever threatens your koinonia threatens your anointing. That's why when these guys ganged up against Daniel and say, don't worship your God. Will anybody that worships God will throw him in the there, will do this, will do that. He say, you, you want to threaten my koinonia. You want to threaten my anointing. Because once your koinonia is threatened, your anointing is threatened. Once your anointing is threatened, you are just like any other man. 
<laughs> this was what Samson failed to know. He abandoned his koinonia. He started sleeping with woman and they cut his hair. Anointing. Jade, you are now like any other man, just like any other man, any other man that depends on your skill to advance themselves in this world. No. Koinonia is where you power your really, you power things in the kingdom. You power yourself. You go beyond the mortal realm. For we rest not against flesh and blood, principalities and powers. You not look, I need to skill. Devils, demons have skill. They have those skills too. What they, they don't have the anointing. You also you have to get something that they don't have so you can be ahead of them. So that's number one. So spending time in, with God, spending time in fellowship, spending time in communion, spending time in, in study of the word, praying, those things, they found the, they found the flames of the anointing. They found the flames of the anointing. They revive. They just make you more conscious of who you are as a person. They make you more conscious of your identity in Christ. They make you more conscious of the power and the access and the privileges you have. That's what Daniel did. That's why we open. No matter what you say, threaten me from now until the kingdom. I will open my. I still pray three times a day. I will still open. I will pray because that is where the and that's what the king. That's what made the king see me. This is what. This is the advantage I have over you. That's how I. This is how I came about. <laughs> Number two, finding the flames of the anointing. You do that by walking in love. Walking in love. If you are not walking in love. You are doing disservice to the anointing. If you place 1 Corinthians 13 side by side, the life of Daniel, you realize that this guy walked in love. 1 Corinthians 19, all those attributes of love described there. Number one, charity suffers long. Daniel suffered long. These guys, he could have reported them to the king. He, 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 suffers longer means patient. Love is patient. He was patient. He didn't quickly say, ah, let me go and quickly report them. He was patient. Love is kind. He was kind to them. If <laughs> for somebody else, knowing the access you had, like Pastor shared some weeks back, he would have gone. He was kind. He said, let me just allow this thing. Love envies not, does not vaunt, is not puffed up with pride. That, hey, me that I'm the number one. I'm preferred above presidents and princes. And you are now threatening me. I'll show you. He will, he, that's love there. Love does not behave itself unseemly. It doesn't seek our own. Seek it not its own. That's what Daniel did there. He didn't seek his own thing. He didn't say, ah, my own personal interest, ah, my life. He didn't fight for his safety. Love is not easily provoked. Imagine if Daniel knew all of those things happening. <laughs> if he wasn't working, he would have been provoked immediately. What rubbish. Eh? Not easily provoked. Love rejoices not in iniquity. He rejoices in the truth. Look at verse 7. Love bears all things. That's what Daniel did. He, he was bearing with them. Love believes all things. He believes that, look, no matter what happened, I would still, I would still come up on top. Hopes all things. He kept hoping that, look, no matter what happens, I'll still pray. I know God will save me. Throw me into the lion's den. I know God will preserve me. The three Hebrew children too. That's love. This is the definition of love here. Endures all things. No matter, throw me. I'm, I'm just, imagine they are leading you to the dead. And you're not shaking. You're not fidgeting. You're not afraid. That is walking in love. And that was why the anointing could kick in. That's why the anointing kicked in. Because once you're walking in love, the anointing will kick in. The anointing will kick in. The anointing will kick in. So, walking in love is critical to powering the anointing. So, any envy, any strife, any uh, feeling of, oh, I am I'm the one that should be having access to this. Oh, that's strife, envy, jealousy, all of those things. Bitterness, no unforgiveness walking in love you need you need to purify your heart purify your motive love purifies i remember if purity is connected to power power is the anointing that we're talking about anything that is not pure metal that is not pure light light can you can't run um, light through it you can't conduct light if you're not pure that's the metal the metal is not pure light can't run through it in the same vein if your heart is not pure love is what purifies if your heart is not pure then power cannot flow that power there is the anointing so walking in love is, is not just about sin or iniquity or doing one sin or, or whatever it is, fornication. Mm -mm. Beyond that, bitterness, envy, jealousy, all of those things, they limit the flow of the anointing. Time is not on my side. One minute to go. I crave your indulgence. Five minutes, I'll be done. Number one, again, is what's koinonia. That's fellowship. Spend time fellowshipping. Sometimes you just create, create space. Create space for the for, 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 for Just spend time. Today I was home, for example... I didn't go to work today. 
had some meeting somewhere and they came back home just spend time just thinking and reflecting on the goodness of god just think again reflect again just think wow just think a scripture that's koinonia you are not necessarily praying just play songs playing songs on youtube play songs meditate and just reflect that's koinonia spending time and number two is working in love make sure your heart is pure make sure your heart is pure. always cleanse your heart cleanse your heart because you, you are creating room for the anointing remember the anointing is what you gives you advantage in the world that is skill dominated there are many people that are more skilled than you more skilled that job that you got is not because you are the smartest so it's not because you are the uh, god's favor that was powered by the anointing it's not, it's not every time that you submit your CV that your CV will grant you the access. Sometimes it's the anointing that is working. Sometimes it's the anointing. It's not your brain. Your brain is also good. Your God needs it. God needs your, your CV, your experience. God will use it. But God will not place the anointing on it. Because at the end of the day, he, he wants to see himself glorified, not you. Last point, number three. Fanning the flames of the anointing. You fan the flames of the anointing by what? Walking by faith walking by faith okay the anointing does not function in an atmosphere of fear and that's what i've been learning on sundays for the last 13 or 14 weeks now the shield series walking walking by faith if you walk by faith and not by sight faith god started teaching me recently that faith is a rest in simple terms plain terms faith is a rest that's all you're just resting you want this i want that i want to do this i want to travel i want to get a new job i want to get married rest i want to i want to i want to buy a laptop rest i want to pass my exam god go me see me a scripture rest faith is your rest you have substance of things for evidence of things those things rest what faith should lead you to is what is called rest calm down ah nigeria everybody's saying things about nigeria this country ah god what will happen rest as you are resting you are in faith and that's why Isaiah will say, in returning and in rest. Ah! God showed me that scripture. I say, ah, I love this. God just reminded me. I say, faith is in rest. In returning and in rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall you, is your salvation. In returning and in rest. Powerful scripture in Isaiah. In returning and in rest. That, look, you don't have to do anything. In returning and in rest. Just keep meditating. That's faith. Meditating on scripture. Koinonia, walking in love, coming down, doing things. Faith is in rest. And many years ago, when I was, I was frazzled. I was, I was just fretting about a lot of things. It was five, six years ago. That God, when are you going to do this? I want to get a new job, better paying salary. So rest, just rest. And then God whispered into my heart. Rest means rejoicing, expecting, and standing on truth. That's what rest means. It's an acronym. God gave me that like six years ago. And anytime I want to fret, I just rejoicing, expecting, and standing on truth. Things are happening every day, it's moving, rejoicing, expecting, and standing on truth. So if you are if you are in faith, you are in rest. And the two manifestations of rest is what? Joy and peace. Ah! May the Lord give you joy and peace in believing. Romans 15, 13. Isaiah 55 too, you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Anywhere you see anybody who is in faith, two things you will see, joy and peace. If you want to test your faith level, check for joy. If somebody is not joyful, they are not in faith. And that's why rejoicing is part of rest. If somebody is not peaceful, they are not calm, you know, they're always, ah, ah, when will this happen? They're always sad, depressed, ah. Faith is not there. If you want to check faith, you want to, the thermometer of faith is joy and peace. Pastor said something, Last someone, the someone who just finished preaching now say Your faith is always elevated to the level of your revelation. I was so blessed by that. So, if you see word in scripture, the eyes of your understanding has been enlightened, it should bring you to a place of rest where you are just rejoicing, you are expecting, you are standing on that truth, you are embracing that rest. I'm out of time now. Let me just wrap up. In conclusion, this is what I've said so far you have five systems of advantage. One of the major ones I zeroed in on tonight is skill. It's a skill-dominated world. It's a skill-oriented world. Everybody has one skill. I need to acquire the next guy. I need to have a master's degree before I can advance. I need to have this PhD degree. Those things are great. If God says you should get them, get them. But please, do not rely on them. The arm of the flesh, I fail. The arm of the flesh, I fail. The anointing. You need to have an anointed skill. Don't carry skill all about. They will fail. 
Look at pandemic that happened. No matter how skillful you were in pandemic, what, what do you want to do in a pandemic? COVID destroy everybody home. What skill do you want to? No. But if you have the anointing, the anointing will still provide for you in a pandemic. Hi. So beyond acquiring skills, this was what Daniel knew that made him to survive in that kind of place. The anointing, and that's why Daniel could be relevant across four kingdoms. Because all other people with skill, when an age changes, when another regime comes, your skills will become irrelevant. When another political party comes into power, when another power, another king comes, that knew not Joseph, another king that, knew, that didn't know you, if you have the anointing, you constantly and consistently be relevant. And the anointing is what makes people relevant. Continuously. Really continuously. You don't break a sweat. You're just, just doing it continuously, the anointing. So in summary, God wants to weaponize your skill. Tell your neighbor, God wants to weaponize your skill. God wants to weaponize your skill by empowering it with the anointing. God wants to weaponize your skill by empowering your anointing. Tell your neighbor, God wants to weaponize your skill by empowering you with the anointing. Towards making sure that you have what? The anointed skill. Thank you so much for listening tonight. I hope you were blessed, strengthened, and edified. Father Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word that has come with power. I have delivered it as you have given it to me. Thank you, Lord, for your people because we're not just skillful people, mentally, intellectually, but beyond that, we're anointed people. We go into this world with the anointing. We showcase our talents, our giftings, our callings with the anointing. We don't just leverage the five systems of advantage. We go beyond that to be anointed, anointed people. We function in a decaying and degenerate generation. We go beyond skills and we empower, we transform our world with the anointing. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for having Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at PowerPoint Tribe.